This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. Welcome to Do Good Charlotte on the Queen City Podcast Network. I'm Pamela Escobar. In each Do Good Charlotte podcast, you will find out who's helping, who could use a helping hand, and just how you can spread around your own good. In this episode of Do Good Charlotte, we are celebrating Share Charlotte's Giving Tuesday here at Community Matters Cafe. This is one of the biggest fundraising events of the year for Charlotte nonprofits. It's a day for all of us to team up and give back to local organizations. So we're going to be doing a series of quick interviews with nonprofits that are here at the cafe. And first up is Cakeable. I'm here with Renee Ratcliffe of the executive director and Kendall Carrick, who does public relations for them. Welcome to Do Good Charlotte. Thank you so much. We are really happy to be here. So it's a really fun atmosphere out there. Um, We're excited to be part of the party. Right. Let's hear about Cakeable. I love this name. What do you guys do? Okay. So, well, thank you. Uh, Cakeable is a wordplay on capable because we hire and equip individuals who live with intellectual and developmental disabilities and we provide job skills training for them and we do that in the context of a bakery right now so we we are all about cake of course uh, but mostly we want people to come in and see our bakers and see how capable they are Uh, so we really um, want to provide a place where people feel like they belong, like they are valued for their potential and their abilities, and they get a chance to grow into their potential and train with us, learn job skills to be amazing bakers, because we do have a staff of amazing bakers, um, but also some of our trainees want to work in other places around Charlotte. So we're equipping them not just to work at Cakeable, but to work um, at other bakeries, other coffee shops, um, other workplaces where they can be successful and be fully integrated into the workplace. Yeah, because you're going to be learning the skills, whether you end up baking for a living or not, you've Mm -hmm. learned those skills through the job. I think that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So Kendall, did you go through Cakeable? Mm-hmm. And what did you like about it? I like about Cakeable. Um, I like it there. Meet new friends. I work so hard, and I want to be partners with Renee at Cakeable. And it was awesome. I was baking, and my grandmother taught me about it. Yep. So your grandmother found it and told you about it, and mm-hmm. then you went through the program. Yeah, I actually did. And so now you work with Cakeable. Mm-hmm. What is some of the work that you do now? Um, I do now doing um, helping people and talk about capable mm-hmm. and presentation with them and I do all, I'm independent work mm-hmm. like doing the baking on myself mm-hmm. and then I know all the recipe I follow it I listen and think on tasks and mm-hmm. focus. Yeah. Very good. So she was just talking about some of those skills. So right. being able to do independent work, right. focus on a task, mm-hmm. um, and then complete a task. Um, right. It sounds simple, but to train people who can actually leave your organization right. and then carry on. Mm -hmm. Those are really important skills. Right, right. We've been so proud of Kendall. She was our first student and then she became Cakeable's first employee and now she, her official title is Production and Public Relations Assistant 
and she's a part of a group of 13 other bakers who are doing just what she's doing. They are learning how to execute a recipe independently and also learn the soft skills of workplace success, like showing up on time, being part of a team, communicating well. So those are skills that they can carry with them to other workplaces. And Renee, what was the inspiration for you to be a part of this? So I have a background in special education, and I also, I'm not a professional baker by any means. I just love to bake, so I'm a hobby baker. And as we were getting to know individuals, um, mostly from our church, such as Kendall, we were learning that once uh, someone, such as Kendall, who lives with Down syndrome or another developmental disability, once they age out of the school system, that there are a lot of opportunities that really just dry up. Um, and there are no, um, or there's really a lack in vocational training uh, that is suited for their particular um, skills and needs. So we wanted to step into that gap and provide very purposeful vocational training uh, to equip them uh, either to stay with us or to move on out into the community. So um, Kendall really inspired me because um, I look at her and and we she knows. Um, She's very aware that she lives with Down syndrome, and that's something that she embraces, and she's proud of it. And we uh, want the community to see Kendall and see uh, the awesome person she is, to see all of our bakers uh, for their abilities, and uh, to see what they have to contribute to the community. Yeah, I love the capable, capable uh, yeah, name because I think that that really, like you're saying, you're trying to make sure that people are aware of what they're capable of right. doing and accomplishing right. and, and filling in that gap for young adults mm-hmm. who, um, who, who have finished their schooling, right. but still need skills to learn. I mean, all exactly. adults need to continue to learn um, and grow in the workforce and you're giving them a way to do that. So yeah. let's talk about, we want people to donate sure. today. That's mm-hmm. what we're trying to get people That's to right. do. Um, your t- goal today is to raise $25,000. Mm-hmm. What would you do with $25,000? So currently uh, we have our vocational training program in a bakery and we are expanding to include a full service coffee shop. So super exciting. Uh, We're opening up a retail location in Uptown Charlotte. And uh, so $25,000 will go a long way to helping us employ uh, more, uh, about 25 more uh, baristas. And so their vocational training is paid vocational training because they, we strongly believe in the value of on-the-job training. So they are working with us and uh, serving customers and being paid for that. Um, but it's an expensive program. Even though we um, make, we earn revenue, there's also a, a gap in that uh, we have to provide a lot of support at first and then learn how to pull that back. Um, and then we also have a vocational training program manager who helps our bakers and then in the future baristas to step into job opportunities on the community. So that kind of support um, requires a lot of funding. So $25,000 will go a long way toward helping us open the Cakeable Cafe and then uh, expand our vocational training programs. So we hope to serve um, at least 50 individuals at one time. That's exciting. A new cafe. That's uh and uptown, that's great. Um, yeah, rent's not cheap, and, and figuring out how to, mm-hmm. to, to provide all of that. Right. I love that uh, the people who are going through your training are getting paid to right. do so. Right. That's huge mm-hmm. uh, because then that gives them 
incentive to show up right uh all the time so cakeable where do i find you do i search online Mm -hmm. yep so our website is wearecakeable.org we're also on instagram and facebook uh, we like to have fun with our videos that we and our reels that we put on Facebook and Instagram, right, Kendall? Kendall, uh, do you make reels? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. like videos? I love videos. I've done it a lot. She with has. Renee. Right. With so Renee. She's awesome. That's my favorite things to do. I do, <laughs> yeah, you she, do them. She's a great spokesperson for Cakeable, and then we also love to highlight all of our other bakers um, so that people who show up and see us on Instagram or social media can see uh, wow they there are so much that they can do they have so much potential and having fun I'm sure at the yeah, same time course, too so on Instagram and, and on your social media are your handles also capable or we are capable we are capable we are yeah, cap- capable mm-hmm. capable I'm mm-hmm. saying capable capable so it's c-a-k-e-a-b-l-e so That's we right. just want to make sure people can spell that right, That's right. Um, well I, w- I want to thank you so much for coming in today because I think what you're doing is awesome Thank you. Um, And Kendall, good luck. I know your job's not easy. I do public relations too outside of this. It is easy for me. It is? It is easy for me. Why why do you think it's so easy? What do you love about it? I just love about Cakeable because I like to meet new friends and like Renee, she's my sister's to be black in her basement. I remember her. Ah, oh, thanks, Kendall. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It is it is easy when you get to talk about something that you love. True. So I think you make it look easy. But right. thank you. you Yes. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for being here. Remember, if you're looking to help out Cakeable, their goal is $25,000. They are Mm wearecakeable.org. You can find them online, and I'm guessing there's a donate button. That's right. Okay. That's right. Donate there. Uh, Thank you so much for coming in. You're listening to Do Good Charlotte. Thank you, Pamela. you turn to stay in touch with the city around you broadcast news isn't what it used to be commercial radio doesn't scratch that itch if only there was one place you could get it all when you want wherever you want on your schedule there is the queen city podcast network listen to your city on your schedule at queencitypodcastnetwork.com and everywhere you get your podcasts Our next guest is with Changed Choices. Diane Hunt is the executive director. Welcome to Do Good Charlotte. Thank you, Pam. Glad to be here. We're so glad that you're here. Can you talk what Changed Choices is? So Changed Choices is a nonprofit here in Charlotte. We work with women impacted by incarceration from the point of arrest right through reentry. And so that we work at the detention center doing classes there. And then we put track with the ladies as they move on to a state or federal facility. And we provide programming and services to them as they come back into community. We have a woman coming home tomorrow. So this woman who's coming home tomorrow, how did you 
find her. So you're you're working at the detention center. So during COVID, um, we weren't at the detention center because they weren't letting volunteers in and they didn't have contracts. So we reached out to our existing clients and said, hey, you're our best source of referral. If there's anyone that's there with you that might make a good change choices client, please let us know. So at that point, 100% of our referrals were coming from other clients. Um, and so it could have come in, she could have come in through a woman that knows her from the pod or the facility that she is in, or it could have been a referral through MCDC. Okay, and so you're with her through her journey. Yes. She's gotten referred to you. Yeah. She says, I'm interested because I'm interested in being ready when I come out. Is that the idea? Uh, we look for highly motivated women that are highly motivated to change. And uh, so we, we go through a vetting process with them um, to just see where they're at, what they're interested in. Are they a good fit for our program? Are we a good fit for what they're looking for? Um, and then she, uh, she, express that the process of application is several months they have to get a ref professional referral from a case manager or a chaplain at where they are and then we go through that and we just brought on three new ladies like two weeks ago so they are now in the midst of being onboarded where we provide them a coach that's going to walk this whole journey with them for years if they're in for years and uh, the woman that's coming out tomorrow is a federal client and uh, her coach has been very busy getting ready for her to return, helping get things in place so she can get some appointments, medical, dental, identification, various different things so she can get ready to roll once she gets here in Charlotte. Yeah, that, that transition is huge. Yeah. And, and, and there's a recidivism rate that people end up going back in. I'm guessing through your program, your recidivism rate is pretty good. Yes, yeah, so um, the Bureau of Prisons reports North Carolina recidivism at 40%, and North Carolina actually reports it at 49%, and 98, statistically 98% of people who've been incarcerated will be coming back to community. Our recidivism rate this past year has been less than 2%. We track at a very low recidivism rate and because of the relationships that we build with the women. So how did you get involved with this organization? Actually, uh, I was in the um, arena of addiction recovery for 20 years. And when we moved to Charlotte, was looking for something in that area. And a woman that I know who's actually now my board chair, she's, she was on the board, introduced me to Change Choices. And there's a lot of overlap between what I was doing for 20 years and what we do at Change Choices. Yeah, because um, I, I, would, I would think that drug usage and substance abuse uh, it, it, and the, and the incarcerations, it's, it's, yeah, like you said, it's just overlapping. A lot of overlap, a lot um, of overlap. So you're, you're seeing women that um, might have been been either arena right right or a number of women get arrested because they're associated with someone who is a dealer or something they may not even be doing drugs they may not be directly involved but because they knew of it they get the same sentence as the man so it's exciting to hear that someone that someone that has gone through your program is coming out soon and um, when you hear those stories I, I mean how does that make you feel I mean this has to be hard work what you're doing every day and maybe day to day you don't see that reward or that success how do you stay with it 
Well, you know, it's interesting because we have two and a half coaches, uh, a one, two full-time and a, and a half-time coach. We're getting ready to hire another because next year we plan to bring in 20 additional women. And so we need a coach that can walk that process with her. And we hear daily uh, stories of what the women are doing, what they're going through. Some are heartbreaking and some of them are simple victories that they have had in their life. Well, we have been, we've known this woman by name now for a few years and we pray for her and, but we're actually gonna be able to put a face to her name probably within a few days. So that's really exciting to be able to see that. That is exciting. So I'm guessing a lot of your coaches are talking with them on the phone. Yes. And then they get to visit them as well? They can. They can. Typically, because we have women in facilities all over North Carolina, and uh, but they are, there's this new, it's not a new app, it's new to us, but it's a communication app where it's like, it's almost like texting because during COVID, all the people were given tablets. And so now they can communicate almost instantaneously. So some of the women here back and forth from their coach multiple times a week. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's been a game changer as far as connection, communication has been. Oh, that's good to know that they're, they're having connection. Yes. Uh, because I know it can be expensive at the local jail level yes. to communicate uh, with people that you know and you care about. Right. So, let's, so that's a thought about money. So all that communication, that app, do you have to pay for that? And are, is your organization paying for that? Yes, yes, we have to pay for that. And it, I mean... We should not have been surprised, but because typically what happened before we went got onto this app is everything was done through the mail or through text behind, and there was some fees to that. Uh, but once we hit this um, this this app, it's like every text that is sent we pay for and they pay for, and so our communication costs we kind of went through them the first quarter for the whole year and we're like um, um, we need to do something about this but yeah that that does cost us money but it's worth the funds because that connection is made and they we build that trust with a woman so that when she gets out she has this trusted person she's known now that she's walked with for years that's ready to stand beside her as she comes back. Yeah, and so she'll be texting with her own phone soon. Yes. And, and she's already built that relationship and that communication's already been yes. happening. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. So let's talk about your goal. You're, you're uh, trying to raise $4,000, it looks like, um, and gain 40 new volunteers. So um, how do I donate if I want to help oh, that 4000 Yep, you can go to our website, which is... Uh, changedchoices.org that's got the d in there changedchoices.org and go to our giving page and that would be a great way to give um and also through amazon and then designate change choices because gift cards will help us because we can't send any resources directly in we have to go through a vendor so we have to go through amazon to send in the resources we can't handle a book wrap it up nice and pretty and send it to a person we have to go to amazon and send them in so we've been asking for gift cards for giving tuesday because that helps us send these resources in. okay so i an amazon gift card would be good is what yes, you're saying because yes. then they you would give that gift card to them and then they can order or no well we use the gift card to send the resources to them we can't send the gift card to the woman directly got it yeah got it okay and then 40 new volunteers 
what would if I was a volunteer what would my role look like so those 40 are specifically uh, Bible study partners and pen pals because every woman new woman that we add to our group of ladies has a vision team we're asking them to walk with her to envision a different future so her vision team includes her coach her Bible study partner and her pen pal and so we need 20 pen pals and we need 20 Bible study partners for those 20 new ladies for next year. Oh, got it. Okay, yeah. so you ha you already you already know who who you're serving. Now we need to make sure that those women can walk along with their right. partners in that. Right. Because uh, right, it would make sense that a coach can't do it all by themselves. Right. Uh, what a great thing to do. Um, I would think that that uh, being a pen pal wouldn't be a heavy lift, um, but it is something that would make a difference. Right, and that can be done from anywhere. It doesn't have to be a person from Charlotte because it's all done through the mail it's typically sending you know communicating with the the woman that you're working with once a month send a card of encouragement send a letter some do more some will actually go visit the person they're a pen pal with that's not common but some of them do it um, and yeah it's that is a great way to come in and get involved if you want direct client contact that way we also have card writers which um, would be somewhat you they send cards into 12 women a month and it might be a different 12 every month, but they send cards in. We have probably 50, 60 women that do that every month. Um, I'm just thinking about my kids um, that are, are middle school age and high school age. I mean, they could. this is something that they could do as well. Yes. Or they could decorate a card and write yes. and write notes. Um, yes. I think that would be wonderful. Chris, especially for the Christmas time because we, yeah. they, we want every woman to get multiple gift uh, Christmas cards. Yeah. And awesome. they keep them all. Of course they, they do. They come out with hundreds. It's really kind of funny to watch, but they keep every one of those. Right, because any human contact where you know someone cares about you yes. and is praying for you. And yes. Taking, I, I just, I think that's wonderful um, because, like like we said, coming out is not an easy thing. Right. And if you're building those relationships ahead of that process, yes. um, it, I mean, it's in the numbers, 2%. Yes. That's great. Yep. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming today, Diane. I really appreciate it. Uh, again, your website is changedchoices.org. Changed Choices, so C H A N G E D choices.org. All right. Thanks, Diane. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Next, we have Kiana Simmons, the Director of Programs for Supportive Housing Communities. Welcome to Do Good Charlotte. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. I want to first hear about these 436 households that you're helping right now. That's a lot of households. That's a lot of people. Absolutely. And so what we do is we um, provide assistance where we house homeless individuals and families. And so a part of the 436 what is it 436 36. right because we get more families every day i'm sure it's different every day every day um we help them with rental assistance we help them find a home first we help with rental assistance we help them with utility assistance and then we also provide those wraparound services to help them achieve their goals and to maintain home or housing yeah so that population uh needs a lot of love uh i'm guessing that it's difficult some people are looking for housing and they need housing and there's not enough affordable housing but then there's also people who don't want to necessarily go into housing so mm -hmm. how do you um, find the people that you work with 
And so we we do not take direct referrals at this time, but what we do is we have contracts with different agencies across the county. Um, for instance, one contract we have is with Atrium, where we house um, homeless individuals who visit the ER, who frequent the ER, um, and so they send us their referrals, and then we start working with them to achieve those goals. And then we have a really big, con- several big contracts with the county, and so our referrals will come straight through the county and also with um, Youth Protective Services for those families who's trying to um, reconnect with their children. So when you find a family, mm-hmm. what does that process look like? Okay, so now, we, now we've had a referral, right. a family comes through. Mm-hmm. Um, do they get a, a place to live right away? Um, I wish. Yeah. Um, because the go- the trick is finding the landlords. Um, because most of them are private landlords, even though we do own two properties ourselves. Um, but the trick is finding landlords who will work with our population. Um, so we do have maybe about a three-month wait time, three to nine months, depending on what the... You know, what the market looks like right now, but we have we do housing pretty quickly at this time. Yeah, and so so they get housing, and then you said there's other program as well because it's not just you just don't throw a roof over someone's exactly. head. Exactly, and so we have case managers um, who who will give them the wraparound services. So if the family wants to go back to school and get the GED, we help with those goals. It could be anything, honestly, um, from as little as they just wanted to learn how to make a bed. Um, or you know something like that so we help them with whatever goal that they identify with and then also I wanted to include that when we find them housing we supply all the furniture from top to bottom so they don't have to purchase a fork a, a bed sheet a pillow or anything like that but we only can do it with volunteers so we are looking for sponsors and volunteers to help us continue this mission. So, yes. Yeah, so let's talk about your goal that you're trying to do today. Mm-hmm. Uh, $31,620 as well as 316 new volunteers and 316 new donors. So explain 316 to me. What's the significance of that number? So um, we have right now we have um, 10 programs and we are about to start a new youth program where we're going to be housing aging out youth coming from foster care, which is a big need here in Charlotte. Um, And so those numbers just kind of derive from where we are now and where we're looking to go. And so with that amount of donors, you know, we kind of did the math and come up with some formulas. Of course, we can go over. We would love to go (laughs) over. But that that's our goal that we're looking so we can achieve. And if I volunteered with you, what would that look like? Um, So we actually have a volunteer department. And so you can do anything from um, we have volunteers coming to paint. We have volunteers cleaning, helping us with those. We have volunteers um, that came and did flooring for some of the, you know, for one of our facilities. And they did new kitchens or new baths. So as much or as little as you want. You can give a dollar or 50 cents or you can give your time. And how do I find you? You can find us at online, supportivehousingcommunities.org. Okay, so that's long, supportivehousingcommunities.org. Yes. And and on there, I guess, is there a volunteer site? It is. Okay. And so. it's a link to volunteer. We have an Amazon wish list if you want to, you know, maybe donate some towels or rags or anything that your heart desires. There's links up there. You know, there's, you know. 
um, like applications or whatever you're looking for. It's tons of information. Yeah, and I would think with your organization, because you're helping people find housing, mm-hmm. you want them to not only find the housing, keep the housing, and then maintain the housing. Maintain the housing is the tricky part. Right. So, yeah, you give me a fork, but I, I need to clean it. Absolutely. I need to make sure that it does, doesn't disappear or walk off or that sort of thing. Absolutely. So it, um, just simple things like that. Absolutely. You're, you're, that wraparound services, your, your case agents are, are coming in and making sure that they have all of that. Yep, and we also... Um, um, we also have um, a licensed clinician for those who want to address those barriers of mental health. Um, we have a sober living facility for those who are walking in their so- sobriety. And so it's just different categories. We try to reach some of everybody as much as we can, you know, to help alleviate homelessness. How did you get involved? Oh, I have a master's in social work, so I actually have a passion for this work. Um, And when I got finished with school, I just, you know, I looked for the agencies around the city that was targeting this population and... Here I am. Yeah. And and I'm sure that you have plenty of success stories. When you think about them, what are some that come to the top of mind? Oh, my gosh. It's so many. But one that I love to tell is a single father who struggled for maybe three, three or four years to get his children out of foster care. Um, and so he did all the necessary steps. It was so many barriers. And it was during the time of COVID when the court systems kept pushing back, kept pushing back, kept pushing back. But he stayed the course. And after about three or four years, he was able to reunite with all five of his children by himself. So we found him a house, a nice big five bedroom house in a good neighborhood. Um, His children are now home. They're thriving. They're doing well in school. And I just really love seeing this family transition. So we still help him with whatever goals that him and the children have. But it's definitely a success story. Wow. That's giving me chills just thinking about that. Absolutely. That is not an easy feat at no, all. Ma'am. Uh, five kids, finding a home for five of them. Yep. Um, that's awesome. Yes. That's great that you're doing that and you're, and you're helping so many families. Absolutely. Um, but to, to be with him through that for that whole journey because that's the other thing too like I said you're not just getting a roof over someone's head right you're going to be with them help them establish whatever that goal is whatever that plan is and yep. then you're going to be with them and you're still with him absolutely so this is permanent supported housing so it's permanent um, so actually with the program that he's in it's, it's until his youngest child turns 18 and so you know he's now working he went back and got his GED he has a CDL and he has a great job and he's really thriving so yeah, it's a great and story. supporting those five kids, absolutely, and, and all the and they're back together. They're back together because I'm guessing foster care they weren't able. They to They were split the, apart. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Kiana, for being here today. Is there anything else I didn't ask you that you want to make sure that people know? Um, as of May 31st, 2023, there are 3,162 homeless individuals here in the county, and so we can all come together to help fight this fight. You know, it'll be awesome. Yes. So that's so that's where the the significance of your fundraising goal of thirty one thousand six hundred and twenty. Yes. Is because there's three thousand one hundred and sixty two people right as of May thirty first. So yep. just know that there's a lot of people that need our help, um, and that's why your goal is so big. Absolutely. And, and we hope that people can help you. Um, again, your website, so everybody will find it today. Yes, you can find us at supportive housing communities one word dot org. Thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
So next we have the Carolina Raptor Center and with me are Aaron Katzner, the president and CEO and Kristen Dean, the director of Avian Operations. Welcome to Do Good Charlotte. Thank you. So I'm so excited that you guys are here today. It sounds like um, for the party you brought a friend and all that kind of stuff. So tell me about your organization and what you guys do. Yeah, so the Carolina Raptor Center works to inspire people to fall in love with raptors and uh, create a shared appreciation for our natural world. And so we do that by giving people up close experiences, what we like to call nose to beak experiences with the birds of prey, because we know that birds of prey are inspiring and we know that people love them. So we have a trail at the center that you can come visit and you can walk around and see birds on exhibit. We also have um, a number of education programs that we do throughout the year, including school programs. We see about 15,000 school children each year and then we also have a raptor rehabilitation hospital where we bring in between 800 to a thousand injured birds of prey from around the Charlotte area every year and nurse them back to health for release back into the wild and that's important because these birds play an important role in our ecosystem and helping to keep rodents at bay and helping to clean up our environment and make sure it's nice and healthy for all of us. Yeah, so I, I guess a lot of people wouldn't necessarily, one, realize that you guys are a nonprofit, so donations are really important. But two, let's first talk about the raptors and, and the birds, how they're our friends. Um, so what is, what is your job? What does being director of avian operations mean? I oversee our rehab department and all of our resident birds that we have on display for the public to come and see them and the programming that happens there. So when kids are coming, what are they learning when they have this nose-to-beak experience? Really, we just want to inspire them, make them curious. We really want them to just learn more and get excited about nature and raptors. Yeah. I, um, I know personally, for me, in my backyard, all of a sudden, with all the, the leaves gone, gone, you notice more and more birds. Um, we definitely have a falcon that like, likes to, to watch our backyard and things like that. So, um, But they're there all year round, right? It's just that we're not seeing them. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So we are uh, very fortunate here in this area that we have a relatively healthy environment. We've worked hard to clean up our waterways and clean up our, our areas uh, to you know plant trees. There's a lot of great nonprofits doing important environmental conservation work and that has created a sustainable population of raptors in our area so charlotte is home to all sorts of falcons hawks owls vultures all critters that help to keep our environment healthy and clean we like to say that when raptors thrive humans thrive I love that. And so, but they still get hurt. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm guessing sometimes our worlds collide mm -hmm. and our, our, our things, our industrial things probably are part of those injuries. So mm -hmm. what are some of the th common injuries or re yeah. rehab that these um, raptors have to go through? Our most common injury or cause of injury that we see is getting hit by cars. Oh. And so a lot of times raptors are hunting any kind of trash that's going out car windows attracts rodents to the sides of the road. And so that's what draws them in. So stop littering because mm -hmm. the birds Another are, reason, yeah, yeah, to stop littering. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a good thing because it's so easy for us to do. Yeah. We can. It's so easy to stop littering. Yeah, and I will say that my daughter, among all of her field trips, like th that is something that she has absolutely learned um, and loves 
um, and loves to tell us about that and gets upset when she sees trash and things like that. So I, I do believe that if you start with kids and teach them young, um, they bring that message home and they just carry that through through our community. So $15,000, that's the goal today, Giving Tuesday. What are you gonna do with $15,000? How, how does that help? Yeah, so uh, it helps uh, what Kristen does directly because it helps to feed our birds. And we're trying to raise $15,000 today to supply CRC with one month of bird food. It costs about $146,000 a year in food to keep all of our raptors healthy and happy. And so if we can offset those costs for one month in just one day, that would be a pretty exciting thing for us. And uh, our marketing manager, Rachel Neal just uh, sent, showed me a little message that we um, have, uh, we're close to hitting $14,000 already. So we might even reach our stretch goal of $20,000, which would be really exciting. That is exciting. And um, you think bird food probably is not that expensive, but wow, that a month, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, they eat meat. So they eat things like quail and rodents and that gets really expensive. Imagine it's like having a steak or a chicken every single night and we have a lot of birds to and you have storage and all that for that mm -hmm. so Absolutely. you have to that makes sense okay so well we hope you can reach your goal today is there anything else that you want to share today that I didn't ask yeah we just you know we always have exciting things going on on the Raptor Trail and so if you haven't been out to visit us in a while we'd love to have you just come out and visit um, we do all sorts of incredible programming including a new program called the flyby which is a program where we fly the birds literally inches over your head and it is a cool experience okay i don't know if i'm i could do that but we'll we'll <laughs> we encourage our, our our listeners to go out to the carolina raptor center thank you aaron and Kristen, for being here today do you know someone else like aaron or Kristen, who are doing good in our community let me know tell me about someone or a nonprofit organization that should be heard on do good charlotte reach out to me pamela escobar on social media i'm reporter pam on facebook instagram or twitter or go to the queen city podcast network page and fill out the contact form for do good charlotte a big thanks to share charlotte make sure you Use the hashtag DoGoodCLT and head to ShareCharlotte.org to find nonprofits looking for your help. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com.